All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it if you're new. Uh, I imagine most of you have been uh, hanging around before. I hope uh, you all processed and and integrated that Titus Burgess interview. That was um, that was a that was a life changer. That one talking to that guy today. I'm going to have back another guy who's on a different journey. All right, today I talked to Shane Moss again. I mean he's he's been on a few times, uh, a few live shows back in the day. And then he, he came on, I think, in 2016. It was episode 766, where he talked about the new trajectory in his life that involved psychedelics. And, and I believe he was sucking occasionally on a DMT vape. So he was going in and out of the uh, other world, sort of within conversation, you know, elves on the periphery. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what we started to joke about. I got that from... Uh, uh, a, a Daniel Pinchbeck book, or maybe it was Lipsite making fun of Pinchbeck. I can't remember, but Elves on the Periphery became a thing. But I hadn't heard from him in a while, but I was seeing him tweet stuff about, you know, science and fact and kind of pushing back on uh, the Rogan camp of speculative bullshit uh, with professional speculators and grifters. And I uh, I had a certain amount of respect for that. I don't know if anybody saw it or anyone cared, but I did. And I was wondering what Shane was up to on his uh, psychedelic quest. So it, you know, it, it kind of hit a wall, uh, which you'll hear in the, uh, in the conversation. But he's now doing a podcast and a YouTube show called Here We Are, where he interviews scientists. And he just started a Vegas residency at Area 15 a kind of psychedelic spoken word residency. I don't know what it is, but he's out there. All right. He's, he's out there at area 15 in Vegas, but he's also a bit out there, but not as much as you think he's grounded in the science people grounded in the science. But if you want to check out the show, you can go to uh, area one five.com for tickets. And it's called a better trip with Shane Moss. So I don't know, man. I just, I just need to check back in with Shane. I, like he, he's a sweet guy. He's an engaged guy. And, uh, you know, not unlike the rest of us, he was sort of, uh, untethered during lockdown, but he, you know, added a layer of untetheredness by doing, uh, hardcore psychoactive drugs, but now he's landed and it was good to talk to him again. Also want to state that I stand in solidarity with my union. One of my unions, the Writers Guild, is on strike. I imagine, you know, I'm doing this a couple days before, but I imagine that they will still be on strike. I, I have, uh, I have to uh, go see my mommy. But uh, look, you know, this is reasonable requests and demands. People who get in the writing racket and make a living at it kind of rely on residuals just to maintain a living. And because of streaming kind of fucking them, you know, they get denied that because it's sort of a devil's deal. You get paid up front and the back end on streaming, if it exists at all, is is far away. And I think they're also go- going to be discussing how to uh, to define partnerships with robots. I think there's something in there to to 
to discuss the future of AI and that uh, somehow there has to be a human component to the, uh, to, the, to the script or to the package or to the pitch or whatever, that uh, we can't just have these robots running around taking our jobs. But I, I do uh, stand in solidarity. I am an active member of the WGA, and I hope some resolution is on the, the, the horizon in, in, a, in a fairly short way, I think, because you can't stop the business. This is our business. Oh, my God. Also, look at this. Bobcat Goldthwaite, who's been on the show a lot of times, five. He's directed a special of mine. He's directed episodes of my TV show. I've known him since I was a young comic. But he's always been a comic, and he's just released a new comedy album, Bobcat Goldthwaite, Soldier for Christ. It was recorded live in Chicago, but it also includes some bonus tracks of songs by Bob and Tom Kenny, Bobcat and Tomcat, that they made in high school. Yeah. You can get it on vinyl, digital, and a limited edition 80s party pack, which includes the album on CD, a trapper keeper, and a CD player, and more. Huh? There you go. Get it at prettygoodfriends.com. Now listen to me. Listen. Exciting. I got, I got into the Willie show. Me and Kit. Kit wanted to go. I tried to make it happen. I reached out to the... One connection I have that might have been able to pull it off, and he was in Morocco, I'm assuming on vacation, but he had to reach out to the guy who was actually putting the show together, the uh, the Hollywood Bowl show for, for Willie's 90th birthday party. It was two nights, and I went on the second night, and we had beautiful seats in a box at the bowl, uh, we brought blankets and a thermos that they made me empty when I got there. Misleading. You can't really bring, you know, I could bring the thermos in, but empty. No point in that. So I was the guy walking around with a Stanley thermos. But the show started right at 6.30 and they were taping it. It was crazy. It was crazy, this show. Right out of the gate, still light out, 6.30, Billy Strings comes out and plays Whiskey River. And then he's, and then he plays Stay All Night. Now, this guy, I've grown to, to love this guy. He's like the real deal, kind of a legacy of country music history, but something hipster about him too. I mean, he's he's insanely talented in a very specific way of playing. I'm sure he can play anything. But to hear Bluegrass played well and inspired and taken to another place is something else. The kids got it. And Willie knows it because he comes out and plays with Willie later in the evening, you could just tell Willie was like, you're the guy. You know, I knew the old guys and you're the guy. You're the new guy. So then Orville Peck comes out with his mask, plays uh, Cowboys Are Frequently Secretly Fond of Each Other. That was, uh, that was very good. Charlie Crockett comes out, plays Yesterday's Wine. That was good. Dwight Yoakam comes out. Hadn't seen him in a while. He plays me and Paul. Very good. Margot Price and Waylon Payne come out and play uh, I've Been to Georgia on a Fast Train. Very good. Enjoyed it. The Particle Kid, which is Micah Nilsson, that's uh, one of Willie's kids, and Daniel Lenoir uh, come out and do a song that uh, the Particle Kid wrote, uh, Die When I'm High, Halfway to Heaven, that he wrote from the point of view of his old man. That was touching in a way. It was kind of funny. Now, I'll tell you, one of the evening stealers. One of the, the guys who, who just 
did something amazing was Rodney Crowell. Uh, he's a songwriter. He was part of a, the, I think he might have been part of that Laurel Canyon crew, but he wrote songs for, for Willie. Uh, he wrote uh, It Ain't Over Yet for Willie, and he played it, and he was the first to come out with just a guitar, and he fucking quieted that entire Hollywood Bowl down, and I, I got teared up when he was singing. It was powerful. And then Emmy Lou Harris comes out, and they do Till I Gain Control Again, which was uh, beautiful. Roseanne Cash comes out and does Poncho and Lefty. Now, you know, these are legacy people. I mean, Roseanne, Johnny Cash's daughter, and, uh, you know, and Waylon Jennings' kid was there. Shooter, who I've talked to. Uh, Warren Haynes came out and played Nightlife. What a searing fucking guitar solo on that. Lyle Lovett came out. Uh, my heroes have always been cowboys. Hadn't seen him in a while. Beck came out and did Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Lucas Nilsson and Shooter Jennings come out and do Good Hearted Woman, which Willie and Waylon did, and that was kind of beautiful. Lucas is the real deal as well. I would say Lucas Nelson and Billy Strings, real fucking deal. And Lucas sounds a lot like his dad. The Luminaires uh, came out and did Pretty Paper. That was pretty good. Then Nora Jones comes out and does um, Down Yonder on her own. And then she goes and gets Chris Christopherson. It, it was like kind of wild to see him. And they stood there and did help me make it through the night. And he, he did it. And it was kind of astounding. Got teared up on that one too. It was great to see some of these guys, you know, he, he was present. He sang the song and he still was the charm the charm stays intact with some of these guys. It's kind of amazing, these old guys. Cheryl Crow uh, pulled off crazy pretty well. Now, here's a stunner, folks. And I hate to admit it, you know, because I've made jokes about him and I never gave him a fair shake. And I don't know if I will ever give him a fair shake. But Dave Matthews came out with just a guitar. His guitar, his acoustic guitar just so it sounded better than anyone's acoustic guitar. I don't know if it was the mix or the guitar or what. But he did Funny How Time Slips Away, and he owned it. He made that song his own. And again, I got choked up, and he played the fuck out of it, and he sang the fuck out of it, and I was impressed. All right? I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say, okay? You hearing me? All right. Emmylou Harris came out with Daniel Lemoyne and did The Maker, which is a later Willie song, which I think is off an album that Lemoyne produced. He was a guest on the show. And then Willie came out and sat down and people just came up and played with Willie. It was kind of beautiful. At 90, he did a tune with Booker T, he did Stardust with Booker T, he did Faraway Places with Cheryl Crow. Uh, he did uh, Will You Remember Mine with uh, Lily Miola, who was great. Uh, he did uh, Something You Get Through with Buddy Cannon, his producer. Then Billy Strings came out and did California Sober with him, and that was spectacular because there was just such a weird sense of respect that Billy Strings is like the history of country music, and it's all coming through him in a way that's very specific, that bluegrass guitar playing. And I could tell Willie could feel that. I'm not projecting either. So then after that, fucking Keith Richards comes out and... They played We Had It All, and they played uh, Live Forever as well. And Keith was sober. 
He was gracious. He sounded great. And he was not wearing the beanie. He was wearing a headband. But I was wearing my Keith beanie. So I don't know how that all works out. And it was so great to see Keith and Willie together. It was just, and, and uh, Lucas was playing on those as well. Don was was the was the musical director on bass there, and Ben Montench was on keys all night. There's a great band. I can't name them all. But after that, uh, Willie did On the Road again with the band, with this harmonica player that's been playing with him forever. All of them came out, and they did Will the Circle Be Unbroken and I'll Fly Away, which is one of my favorite songs ever, I'll Fly Away. And then uh, Ethan Hawke. Uh, got everyone to sing happy birthday. There was a, a parade of celebrities introducing the musical acts who were all getting progressively more wasted as the evening went on. Helen Mirren was there. Chelsea Handler was introducing people. Woody Harrelson came out three times. By the third time, he was <laughs> clearly fucking wasted. And uh, yeah, it was quite a night and I was glad to have fucking witnessed it. It was really, really special, man. And I, I'm so grateful that I got in. Okay, look, I hear you, okay? I told a story the other day about flushing drugs down the toilet. And I was schooled by many of you who said, do not flush drugs down the toilet. It goes into the drinking water supply because it doesn't break down. There's other ways to dispose of drugs. Apparently, you can bring them to some pharmacies, maybe to a police station, or you could... um you know, uh, gr uh, grind them up and, you know, put them in the, in the ground or something. Just don't flush it down the toilet. I didn't even think about this. I guess it was an oversight. I kind of knew that there were drugs in the drinking water. I did not assume it was from flushing drugs. I just thought it was from people taking drugs and peeing them out. But I stand corrected. And I think it's like, I think it's an old drug muscle. I think, you know, when you have a drug past... Uh, when you want to get rid of drugs, the first thing you think is flush them down the toilet, either because the cops are at the door or there's something inside of you that's going to take them. You're either running from the cops at the door to the toilet to flush your drugs or you're trying to hold down that thing inside of you that wants those drugs, but you know it shouldn't have them. I get it. I stand corrected. There's nothing I can do now. Enjoy the mild, 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 mild infinitesimal buzz you get from the Vicodin I flush down the toilet. Okay? And also from the Valtrex. Hopefully, get the, you know, it'll provide some protection against a, a, an outbreak of herpes on your lip. Okay? I apologize for that. I, apologize. I stand schooled. Okay, look. Shane Moss, uh, he's doing a residency at Area 15 in Las Vegas. It's happening throughout May. The show is called A Better Trip with Shane Moss. Uh, go to area15.com for tickets. You can also go to shanemoss.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-M-A-U-S-S.com. Also, get his show, Here We Are, wherever you get podcasts, and watch it on YouTube. And now you can listen to me talk to Shane about drugs and the future and science and uh, a concert that uh, tipped him over the edge. <laughs>
So you haven't been doing uh, really stand-up? You wouldn't call it stand-up? Or what do you... Uh, I just haven't been touring at all. And, yeah, but you're until, not going up anywhere? Um, and now I just started because I have this, I have a Vegas residency coming up. And, and you got to get an act together? It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole immersive psychedelic comedy show with visuals and all sorts of everything. So where have you been going up? And so I just started, uh, I just strung together a whole bunch of warm-up shows last minute. I was in Raleigh and then I just booked like with two weeks notice i just yeah. booked a whole bunch of where like i did good nights in oh, yeah, raleigh sure. and, so that place moved right uh yeah yeah just moved how's that new space fantastic really yeah really good better really than that good. old weird place better than the old weird place more yeah. professional uh-huh. and uh yeah it's really strong and then stopped and just like i didn't know if i would i didn't know if i would sell tickets i haven't i haven't toured in three years Did so you? i was like yeah I, I went through like bentonville arkansas and i was like bentonville arkansas. i don't know where that is i don't know if i've ever done a show in arkansas <laughs> well there's some good stuff outside of I, I guess it's where Walmart originated okay. from, so okay. that's their claim to fame. So where where do you where are you drawing from? Your psychedelic following? Uh, yeah, I guess so. And I I just I I have a system for kind of targeting the psychedelic uh, audience. Is it a, is have... it a, a psychic outreach or is it actually? <laughs> do you do, a, you a do of, it with your mind? There's a lot of there's a lot of like I I do cross promotional stuff with uh, the multidisciplinary association of psychedelic studies. What which is, is that? The big like legitimized. They're they are the ones that kind of brought psychedelics back in a legitimate scientific way yeah. is this guy Rick Doblin is the founder of it so he started Doblin? He, yeah, he, yeah he was a therapist yeah. who started he used MDMA for couples therapy back in the 80s that was illegal that's how MDMA started before it became ecstasy before it hit the streets couples therapy like was it hands on? <laughs> like, how did that work? They, they actually have protocols within the studies and within the treatments where you need to have a male and female therapist there just to make sure that like nothing no shit. gets too. So he found success and, in this. Uh, that a lot of people did. That's that's what brought because it MDMA breaks down the, uh, the, the the boundaries. Yeah, MDMA in particular. It that's the one that makes you love everything. Yeah, so it it uh, <laughs> it inhibits the amygdala, which is your fight, flight or fight response sure so you're so it's especially good for people people with ptsd so uh-huh. so they're able to like experience those same memories that they'd normally experience without it triggering the same uh, people with with ptsd have an overactive amygdala uh, amygdala so they so they re-traumatize themselves all the time yeah someone bumps into them with a grocery cart yeah. at the at the grocery store yeah. and it and it fires and it's you know they're yeah. just hypersensitive yeah. and so it inhibits that ability to be triggered and then it increases blood flow to the prefrontal cortex which is where all of this it's it's what makes us most human it's yeah. a, it's it's the frontal lobe where all this fancy language stuff and yeah. having these big ideas yeah. and everything comes so you're able to kind of process these ideas with less fear and in more thoughtfulness than normal oh, theoretically so, so that in couples counseling would lead to a, a more evolved intimacy 
it, it, or expressive. So I actually never liked MDMA because I'd only done it at some parties and stuff. And I don't like things that make me feel good. Yeah. Like I don't, well, it's not what that do I don't, I, I mean, I don't trust things that make me feel sure. good. Like sure. anything that makes me feel good. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. that's a slippery slope. You, you, but you prefer what? Hallucinogens? Uh, yeah. Like psychedelics are, uh, are, yeah. What's the difference between an MMDA and a psychedelic for you? You, you don't want to, you don't want to feel still. You just want to no. you want your brain to, to jam. Oh. Oh no! I want to feel uh, with with something like say mushrooms. Yeah. It's, it's a more intense experience of like I don't it's, I don't expect to have a good time. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, it could go either way with humans and mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. Well, whereas <laughs> MMDA, really... you're sort of guaranteed to have a mushy human experience. Yeah, and that yeah. bothers you. No, no challenge to it. Uh, yeah, no challenge to it, and it was just like too easy. And then um, years ago, I was in a relationship, and it was like we are going through some stuff yeah. and we both had MDMA together as we are going through some relationship things. Yeah. And I was like, this is why it's a relationship. Like we were able to share honestly, like issues that were coming up. That was that we shared it in this like kind and loving and, and patient and how way. Did, they, did that stick? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, does anything stick? Well, Mark? that's, well, no, but that's a big you... question. Like, you know, right. like in terms of, uh, you know, psychedelic treatment and even like I have done some of the, um, EMDR treatment, which is, you know, non-drug oriented yeah. sort of rerouting yeah. of, of trauma neural pathways. Yeah. So like, you know, my question is, especially someone who doesn't do drugs anymore yeah. and seeing a lot of guys who are sober, you know, engaging in sort of, you know, renegade psychedelic treatments yeah. whereas like you know you get these guys who've been sober forever and they're like yeah I'm, I'm doing uh, microdosing <laughs> mushrooms I'm like with, with a doctor no with this guy Harry you know he's got him and you it's so a wild I, I for someone that has a psychedelic comedy show I am less evangelical about psychedelics than a lot of people well my question is really like and I'm not judging is is that you can judge well, no, I don't really. I, I don't like I can understand, you, you know, what I start to understand is that most of it, despite what anyone thinks is happening psychedelically, yeah. is relative to your experience. Very I much mean, so. yeah, I mean, you can you can tap into whatever frequency you want and and acknowledge the existence of a, you know, universal vibe. But when you come out of it, you're still you in your head yeah. and you're sitting wherever you're sitting. Right. Yeah. I mean, people are using psychedelics for a lot of different, you know, historically it was, you know, the hippies opening up and right. free love and all this. And then and then there's a lot of there's the spiritual side of it, which is kind of the validators, people that they, they well, do I mean, these, psychedelics. Yeah, bougie people that are doing ayahuasca twice or four times a year or too much yeah. it's like I, the question I was heading towards in, in terms of your research or your experience does like you know when you look at our crumb you know and his like when you talk to those guys that the artists of the era of the original acid. Yeah. Like, you know, he can sort of track exactly how it changed his perception and and it became a hook for him. You know, the extended feet and, and all that stuff. Like, it, yeah. it was a practical thing. Like, he changed the way he saw and was able to draw and create these characters that were, uh, you know, uh, uniquely his, original. Yeah. So, on a psychological level, does the experience, like, uh, in, in talking about MDA and, and your girlfriend at the time, so does the shift in in neural activity uh, make a a, a a a a chronic impact? I mean, does does it last? So so let's use two different case studies to answer that. Yeah. So so 
both psilocybin and ketamine are both used for depression. Yeah. And in my view, they are both acting on depression in two completely different ways, which will answer your question. I think the last time I saw you, you had a ketamine vape, didn't you? Or uh, a DMT vape. A DMT vape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, DMT is the only thing that I uh, that I microdose, um, okay. and uh, I'm I'm not into the microdosing. There's the a new facet of the psychedelic community is the optimizers, the people, the life hackers that have like the protocols with things, and you microdose every other day, and then if you like, op- if you you know, just kind of the the motivational speakery uh, sure, wellness sure. guru that are like, you gotta wake up at exactly this time, and you get to a window, and then if you do intermittent blinking and the light gets into sure, your eyes. That kind and of shit's been that. around for you. That's been a you know a, a sort of a supplement racket hustle for a long time. Yeah, the supplement the, the supplement stuff. Is well, insane. okay, so psilocybin so, so and ketamine. So so ketamine um, ketamine was just a thing. It, it was used to sedate. They give it to children and stuff. Yeah. Doctors love using it. It's it's safer than you put someone under and their heart can stop. Yeah. And so you don't. The, this is ketamine's just a disassociative. Yeah. And so they pick up on things that like one kids say the darndest thing after a ketamine experience, yeah. but two people started reporting like, hey doc. I am less depressed after that surgery. Yeah. Is that normal? And doctors would be like, actually, no. Usually after a surgery, people get mm. depressed mm-hmm. because they're recovering and, right. and things. And so they then in the early 2000s, they started studying it just for depression. And people will speculate on what the mechanisms are. I haven't seen anything convincing. I don't do enough research myself. But but um, I to me, it's so confusing. It just like sort of works as a reset, and ketamine doesn't seem to have a lasting effect. Yeah. Where, whereas, uh, so you need like regular treatments sure. for it to work in that way. But it does if you are depressed. Yeah. And you do ketamine, it can like you can walk Shake out of the office. Loose. Yeah. Not being depressed. Right. Whereas mushrooms are more of an experiential change. So I would say ketamine is whatever's happening on a neurologic level. It's having that chemical change temporarily and it's a reset. Mushrooms for me are more um, like I'll get depressed even like you just did a special. Anytime I finish a special or something, I'll find myself depressed afterwards because I'll be like, well, now what? And there's there's Uh, like... Oh, when you do a special or when uh, you watch uh, one? uh, No, when I... (laughs) (laughs) Usually when I watch one, but a- after I after I finish like a big tour or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. I'll have five different directions of sure. where I might want to go, yeah. and and there's there's possibilities that uh, that depression evolved to kind of pump the brakes before investing a bunch of time going. Well, a lot of times it's like you, you, you know the energy you put in creatively and uh, you know into touring, into generating, into improvising or telling stories or jokes. You, you know, when you pull that out, you know, you're left with yourself. Exactly. And, and, and all that juice is gone. Yeah. But, but what you're saying is that, that psilocybin is, uh, a, a, an experiential, uh, uh, it, it's like shower thoughts on steroids. And well, yeah, I get it. Like, like, but, 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 but the impact of psilocybin is a perception changer. A perception so, change. Yeah. So that can stick. 
That that can stick. And it's almost cognitive. It's like cognitive therapy. Like if you choose different options for yourself, even though you're 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 compelled to do something else, if you make a different choice, you can eventually change your behavior. Yeah. Whereas if your perception is shifted with psilocybin and you hold on to it, uh, you can sort of choose to at least get halfway there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To get all the way there, to get jangly, you're going to have to you know re up the shrooms a bit. And and w- well, one of the things that most people ignore is the integration aspects. Uh, I've I've done enough psychedelic experience yeah. is that now if I if I do mushrooms like the trip itself is just now it's just this pain in the ass that I go through like okay if I see another fractal I'm gonna puke like, yeah, I, yeah I don't you're done with fractals I, 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 I'm done with fractals it doesn't do it for me anymore <laughs> well how about elves but, but the, 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 yeah. the elves are like they've already said all of the things they're going to say it's so like that was the thing with DMT DMT yeah. was always I would get to the end of an experience and yeah. it was like oh if I could have just what was that last thing at the end? Yeah. If I could have pulled out that gem, that yeah, it was, treasure, was it, it would have saved the, the world. The purple guy or the blue <laughs> the guy? The purple lady. Oh, yeah, the purple yeah, lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> She's about to say something. Uh, and like, you got to go back. Yeah. And But for, for me, something like mushrooms or for other people, LSD, I don't, yeah. I don't, LSD doesn't work in the same way for me. But, but uh, those, those days after is just you have a little more neural flexibility. So if it's like, hey, I, I was right. I was thinking about getting back into jogging again. Yeah. It's just a little easier. I, I think I think uh, normally they say a habit takes about six weeks to like fully integrate and become a routine. Oh yeah, I think it can give you just like a little bit of a jump start. On right, that. but but you don't have to do it every other day. Oh no, yeah, yeah. No. I, so what is um. Because I, you know, I was watching over the pandemic. You know, your your kind of pro science, anti fascist tweets, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I I always enjoyed. <laughs> you know, because not enough people do it. I don't know what they're afraid of, but um, <laughs> but you know, in terms of your embracing science as being part of your personality, yeah. Well, how well? What's how's the uh, the your your experiment going with your mind? Well, I mean, I shortly after talking to you, I lost it. You did? Um, I was making a documentary, Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics. When we was had, this? It was this how was many years ago? 2017, I was making it. And so this was like this probably is your, nine the months DMT after I talked period? to you. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we had we had gathered a whole bunch of great interviews with all these different researchers. And we yeah. were like, what do we want this documentary to be? I'm yeah. like, I guess I'll just do all these experiences. I've had nothing but positive psychedelic experiences yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just show people that like... You know, I can even take like way more than it's you like, should, like and it the, will be uh, fine. Like the supersize me for psychedelics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did that, and I was like to show people that you don't go crazy. Yeah. From the, and I went, I, I went completely <laughs> fucking insane. Like, and like on such an epic level, I, I, I ended up in a psych ward. Yeah. You did? Uh huh. So wait, so like, what, what was the like? How were you pacing yourself? How were you re- regulating? How were you deciding? <laughs> I, Did you have somebody to be, watch you? Did you have a professional guide of some kind? No. Um, you just did it like a fucking drug addict? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> here, here in the, like I had a professional ketamine treatment, yeah. and then I was I was actually going to in in the movie. It's set up like. Did you release uh, this thing? Uh huh. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. And did it's you? Good. But did you lose your mind on the in the dock? They didn't film. I was actually going to do. I was going to do ayahuasca to prep for doing ayahuasca on film. Yeah, and I lost my mind then. But and how? Okay, I been, so I had been doing. I had been doing mushrooms. Mult. So what happened was. Yeah. 
is I, like I said, I always used psilocybin for depression. Yeah. And so I, I, I felt a little depressed with like not knowing the direction of this yeah. of this documentary. So, yeah. so I'm like, oh, I'll do do mushrooms. Oh, I got some. Throw inside. a log on the fire. I threw yeah. a log on the fire, <laughs> and then I it snapped me out of my depression. And yeah. then I had this thought, Mark. Yeah. I go, well, what if instead of just it stopping depression, what if I could feel good? Like, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. that be great? And so I just That's kept on most eating people more do drugs, <laughs> mushrooms, <laughs> yeah. like two times, three times a week, and then I felt good. Yeah. And I was like. What if I could feel great? Like, but didn't you have that weird jangly, you know, <laughs> vibrating clarity every day? It's exhausting, isn't it? it? It now it is for me. At the time, it was. Now I like the reason why I like ketamine now is because it's confusing. There's nothing that I have to work on in my life afterwards. It's yeah. just like, well, whatever the hell that would just was. I'm not even gonna think about it. I don't have like a purple lady that I'm communicating yeah, 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 with yeah. that I need to worry about. Right. So so you're doing mushrooms three days a week. Yeah, two, three days a week. Okay. And, and then and then and then I started feeling great. And then I was like, what's after great? Yeah. And don't ever like if you're ever feeling great, like yeah. leave that alone. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I became hypomanic. I've always known I was bipolar. And hypomania is... Oh, so you're a bipolar guy for real. Yeah, yeah. You were diagnosed with that, and you knew that before all your, your hallucinations. Your I was self-diagnosed, and then this is when I became officially in, diagnosed. In, when you were locked up. Like, I, I have scientists. I, I have, you know, I, I interview scientists once a week for my show, Here We Are, yeah. about a variety of subjects, how the mind works and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I knew just from, I had confirmed from talking with them and taking some studies myself that I was bipolar. And, so, and, but had you experienced a mania without drug inducement before? A hypomania yeah. regularly. So, so I was bipolar too, and I didn't know the difference. That's bad. So bipolar two is not the it's same. Good, you as never one. had a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you spent a lot of money. So two is like is like two months out of the year, just completely, just a really insane amount of depression. Like it, it's it's people with bipolar, their yeah. their, their depression doesn't. It's not as chronic. Yeah, um, like some people, but it's deeper. Yeah, when it happens. Right, and then there's two weeks out of the year. Where you're hypomanic and you're like you you don't need to sleep as much. You're very creative. You're yeah. inspired. Oh like, no, yeah, but yeah, also you incredible. can you know you know uh, you know buy things that break you. You can yeah, <laughs> you can get involved with weird <laughs> shit. You can you find yourself in weird places. Well, it's uh, good to be broke when you have bipolar too. When you go into a hypermania, it's good not to have a lot of resources. Yeah, 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 and right, you'll so, burn out your friends. But then sure, bipolar one, uh, ayahuasca launched me into in, into. A manic one episode, which and is different than a hypomania. Very much different. Worse I, or I better? I know that. Oh, much worse. Really? So yeah. bipolar one's worse than bipolar two? Yes, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. What's uh, the difference? The difference is like you know the difference between feeling like going from being suicidal for a couple months and then being hyper uh, hyper excited yeah. and inspired for a couple weeks. That is different than being like, oh, all of this world is a simulation in my mind, and everything that's happening in it is a product of my own thoughts. Yeah. And if I don't control my, like, so if like, that, that's at, at a the, tricky business, you know, when you already have uh, uh, a psychedelic context about perception and reality, you, you know, you start playing with those mechanisms within your own brain. You start eating yourself. Yeah. I mean, at some point, people have to, you know, just settle on the idea that, like, there is a reality outside their head. And oh, yeah. It's a, 
Yeah, it's it, it's so it's, okay. So so what happened? So you you do the mushrooms and you feel it, and you you're going for better than great. And then I did ayahuasca, and yeah, I had that's the crazy. most uh, the most beautiful experience of my life. I really? Did. So you and, got and beyond I, great? I just on... Never. I got beyond great, and then just weird things started happening after and, the ayahuasca. Yeah, and it was like really unsettling, and I couldn't make sense of like it. Like what? Um, so like during ayahuasca, there was like this this thing where it was like it's. It, it was like showing me this vision of like, hey, I was going to be called to do this DMT extended state thing, this this thing that I'd been asked, uh, that I'd heard about, yeah, um, where where instead of smoking DMT and having like a five to ten minute experience, yeah. um, they can hook you up to an IV yeah. and get you to that level, and you can stay there for you know hours as long as they'll let you, as long as long as they'll let you, as long yeah. as you can take whatever. And, um, and then, and it was like this whole thing about how I was, and afterwards I was like, whatever, ayahuasca, that's just psychedelics for you. Yeah. Of course you'll have like weird visions and sure. stuff. And I, I didn't have phone reception. This is just one thing that happened. And then I got off of this mountain, um, where you were doing it, the ayahuasca, where I was doing ayahuasca. Where was that? It was in, uh, it was like in golden Colorado. Oh Yeah. And, um, and I had phone reception again. And then the first text that I received was this was person from you? was, was from this, <laughs> this guy running this DMT extended state uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. And he's like, Hey Shane, I see you're in Colorado. We actually are doing this big announcement tomorrow about this DMT extended state thing where we're holding yeah. this like meeting and there's going to be like some journalists there and stuff. And we have the, the like main like, uh, neuroscientist yeah. that came up with this idea there and we want to announce you as the first participant in this study congratulations <laughs> i was like you oh. win insanity i was like what <laughs> yeah and i was like but i just had the thing that, that i was gonna it. and and then i went to this thing can resist huh uh, <laughs> I hear this guy give this lecture about how he thinks this isn't my perception, yeah. but he thinks the reason why why people are seeing these entities is because is because like time works different and we're only tapping into certain dimensions. And Which entity? The purple these, lady? Yeah, that sort of thing. The other, oh, the, the elves. Yeah, the elves. Yeah. The elves. So- the elves I, on the periphery. I mean, as as crazy as elves sound, yeah. and and I I think it's just a product of our own minds. That's my that's my take on it. Which most people that smoke DMT don't have that take. They think you're tapping into a different thing altogether. But my my take is it's in your in your head. But you're gonna see you're gonna see something. What's going on like, with that guy? That guy who tried to make the big psychedelic uh, cultural uh, movement was his Fishback or what's it? Uh, what's that guy's name? The Daniel right Pinchback. Pinchback. Yeah. yeah. What's up with that guy? Uh, He's still writing a lot. Uh, he made a lot of claims about like the world the ending in oh, yeah? 2012 or something. Well, it's, we're still here. Uh, yeah, probably, is he making it, an argument that it did end? Things that did end, and sure. this is a different thing. You yeah, know sure. Oh yeah, of course. Well, well, what you need, what you need, if you want to be in the space, is like you want a good. We saw this a lot during the pandemic. Is is uh, you you want a good. <sighs> unfalsifiable thing. like like with yeah. any religion or whatever you want you want a thing that like is just impossible to falsify sure. you want something that's like yeah. hey if uh, if like scientists go if i'm wrong this is what that would look like this is how i would lose yeah. that bet 
And then religion goes, I'm not wrong. Uh, just wait. <laughs> just just keep waiting forever. <laughs> There's nothing you can ever do to prove me wrong. Yeah. And and if you play by the rules, you'll see the big lights. Yeah. When you go. Exactly. All right. So so you so you get yourself hooked up to the drip? No, I didn't. I just saw this talk about this yeah. thing. And then I was like, why was I selected for this thing? I started and I was like, I saw oh, you as a guy and... was willing to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about. Oh, there's logical reasons for sure. <laughs> but the timing of it mixed with having yeah. just done ayahuasca yeah, yeah. and all being right. in a yeah. thing and all that. And, um, and so I started thinking like, well, why is this happening? And I started thinking about time travel a lot. Mm. And once I started thinking about time travel and how time works and how, how maybe our subconscious is picking up on time running in a certain way and it's coming, it's coming through us in this, you know how like kids say the darn, like yeah. kids will say something with all sorts of wisdom, but they don't even know what it means. Yeah. I started thinking like, that's what, that's what people are doing all of the time without realizing it like their subconscious is is saying these messages about how time works that they aren't aware of so i start reading way too far into anything like what isn't time saying. sort of like isn't the idea of of uh measurable time kind of a, a you know a uh, an imposition. I mean, like it was, it's, 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 uh, it was, it was manufactured. I mean, you know, you know, the sun comes up and the sun goes down is one thing, Yeah. but the idea of a clock and all this other business is that was, you know, a, a human construction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like I've noticed, you know, since the pandemic and since, um, you know, the lockdowns that, you know, time is operating differently for me personally. Uh, yeah. I don't quite have a sense of it anymore, but that's also because of the lifestyle we choose. Yeah. There's nothing like really, I'm not, I don't have to do much. It's all, I mean, a hundred years sounds like a long time to us because that's like our lifespan. If you're a mayfly and you know, they, they live for like four days. If you said to that mayfly, like, Hey, we'll give you another 20 days to live. They'd be like, what in the world would I, that sounds like a nightmare. What (laughs) would I do with all of that time? It'd be like, Hey Mark, do you want to live for 2000 more years? No. no. Be so tired. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, oh, my brain would uh, eventually just wear out. You know what I mean? Uh, so, okay. So, so, okay. So you start thinking about time travel and then, and then, uh, my girlfriend becomes concerned, uh, about me. Um, yeah. What was it that you said that, you know, gave her concern? Well, one that I was going to go on a DMT trip was like yeah. cause for concern. The, on the IV drip trip? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and just that I, I like suddenly was a very different, you know, Previously, hadn't spent a lot of time talking about time travel, and was now <laughs> obsessively yeah. like coming up with new forms of math to yeah. solve oh, time yeah? travel. Did some mathematics. <laughs> well, it's it's funny the stories that you can tell yourself because I was always really good at math as a kid, yeah. which which equates to like. Hey, I got through like algebra, geometry right? Yeah. <laughs> so you like, not some advanced level like high I school. Some good class. <laughs> high school geometry to, to work your time travel problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're doing a, a proof, on, you know, like a, yeah. well, you're in such a suggestible state, and then confirmation. So when you when you become manic, it's it's all of the stuff that's already inside of us. Yeah, it's like just exaggerate. Sure. All the stuff that you saw people doing during a pandemic of. Confirmation bias of like well, things, you things that, were a simulation and oh, okay. well, of I, the pattern making and the like 
correlation and causation stuff and getting mixed up with that and like 5G towers have something to do with that's what you got to see kind of on a global level you got to see like almost a global manic episode seeing some of the like the more extreme beliefs that happen yeah. are just a product of panic and and we evolve we evolve to um, so you have a smoke alarm there. That that smoke alarm is engineered to be overly sensitive. You yeah. can't make a perfect smoke alarm, and the cost involved of it going off when a toast burns or something like that is annoying. But the cost of it not going off when there's an actual fire is much much higher. Yeah, so they intentionally bias smoke alarms to be overly sensitive. Our brains have evolved these same biases, yeah. and one is that. We overperceive patterns. So if you miss a valuable pattern as a hunter gatherer for where like resources might yeah. be in the future and, yeah. and how, how patterns in like herds work that you might hunt or whatever, right. that's that's a bigger cost than then if you see if you perceive a pattern that doesn't exist, that's just making you like a little superstitious yes. and OCD. They're right. not the same cost involved. Right. So our brains are biased in that way. Also to assign agency to things, to like to, to know that something that you're hunting or something that is hunting you has an, a mind and an agenda yeah. is really valuable. Sure. And so we over-perceive minds. To, so, so the cost involved of like, uh, of like talking to a tree, for example, is yeah. like, you know, uh, you might be the guy that talks to trees yeah. in, your, in your tribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and so, and so these same, or egocentrism, for example, is something we're all born into sure. the center of our own universe. Yeah. So when you become manic uh, or or when there's a global pandemic and, and the world is under so much duress, yeah. you kind of go back to some of those early biases that you're born into and they get uh, exaggerated in this way. And then they can be exploited. And then they can be exploited by people. Yeah, by yeah. the by the great grifters and hucksters and spiritual con men. So many. And so political many. con men. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so and the, they might believe it themselves in a lot. Well, of that's ways. what you always it's wonder. Motivated reasoning. Yeah, that's what you, you always know? wonder, right? Like, he, I, it kind of, I'd kind of feel safer if they didn't. Yeah. But I think a lot of them do believe it. Yeah. Well, certainly something as practical to them as fascism is, is a belief system, and and I think that the the ones that are the worst, uh, uh, kind of salesmen for it uh, want it. They, they believe it. They don't give a fuck. Well, if you find yourself on top, then you did it because you earned it. Yeah. You know, that's another cognitive bias. You The good things that have come your way are something that you earned. The bad things that have come your way are bad luck. The good things that happen to other people, is is that's their luck. Bad things that happen to them, they did something wrong. They right. deserve that. There's like just world hypothesis, which is like you, you don't need to... Uh, you don't need to worry about bad things happening as long as you're doing all of the right things. Like you mentioned that with religion. Yeah. And if, if something goes wrong for you, well, it's because you didn't follow this specific regimen. You didn't, yeah. you didn't follow my protocols. You didn't yeah. follow like you didn't buy my supplements or you didn't yeah. you didn't do the ice bath in yeah. the correct way. Or yeah. you were, and that's why you aren't, <laughs> aren't immortal now. Well, that's like because once you're a mark, once they make you a mark and, and it's, it's weird, most of the some of the biggest sort of proponents or idiots that are, you know, free thinkers are yeah. the biggest marks. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's, well, there, there's an expression in the psychedelic space, which yeah. is, which is uh, they're good for opening your mind. Just be careful your brain doesn't fall out. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Well, you know, in relation to what you were saying, I had a philosophy teacher once uh, about uh, years ago, and I never quite grasped what he was teaching, and it was sort of boring. It, and I remember, um, you know, he was getting mad at me because I was being disruptive in the class, and and I was smoking a lot of weed at the time, and it, I was a grown up. It, it was a you know adult studies thing. Yeah. And I was in the elevator, and he was like, you know, kind of snarkily asking me, like, are you are you getting anything out of the class? And I said, well, my head seems to feel pretty full when I leave. And he said, well, you can fill your head two ways. Either you can put new things in it or you can heat up what's already in there so it expands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and that was the last day I went. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I get it. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an expander. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of so both the kind of motivational speakery and the and the spiritual side yeah. of things are kind of doing the same thing, which is like it's so there's the manifestors, which are like you are at the center of the universe. Everything will work out if you just keep on imagining that like the reality that you want it will yeah. come your way. Yeah, and then there's the there's the other side of things, which is like life is gonna be tough, and you gotta get over these challenges. Yeah. if you if you're strong and yeah. you get, grow big muscles, and yeah. you break through the things, you can get to the top. And yeah. if you don't do those things, well, screw you. And if you don't believe the manifestation thing, well, like you're inviting negative things into your yeah but so much it's so sad because so much of that can be harnessed into something so powerfully destructive yeah. uh, on a social level i mean Absolutely. you know I, I mean we're just you know we're really right at the the precipice of of violent othering yeah. in in a in a big way mm-hmm. where you know large groups of people can justify killing their neighbors yeah. because of this perceived difference. Oh, I, I mean, I talk with, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing a science podcast for nearly nine years yeah. and before COVID there was not once yeah. did I ever get, uh, even a comment from yeah. someone that was like, this dung beetle researcher doesn't know dung beetles and this and that. And suddenly uh, like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, what a fortunate position I find myself in. I know like just the person to reach out to. This person models global pandemics theoretically yeah. and now they're an applied mathematician because there's a uh, yeah, there's a global real. pandemic, yeah. And I got a hold of people and I was like, "Oh, this is I was told right away. I was like, this is going to be 2 years before things will like be anything close to yeah. normal again." And I was like, Okay, cool. Well, this is good information to get sure. out there. Hey, this isn't a snow day, everybody. This is going to be like I don't think like these virtual stand-up shows it's like are necessarily going to cut it, but like you'll need to we'll all need to like figure out ways to innovate or whatever. Yeah. This is going to be a couple years. Yeah. And um and boy, like kill the messenger. People like I I didn't care about like people coming after me like yeah. endlessly. For sure. But but People, what would happen is like virologists and immunologists and stuff. Just like so, I I don't find like best-selling authors or yeah. anything. I just when I was touring, I'd be like, I'm in Tulsa. I'll look up the university. Oh, someone does this. Thing. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll hear about their cat research sure. or yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, you know? and uh, just r- totally random uh, all the time. And so. So these random ass like immunologists or whatever would be asked by the local news to be like, hey, can you explain sure. what's going on? And they'd explain a thing that like people had already heard from other, you know, their podcasts or whatever that they listen to is this global plot against them. And, you know, they're they're going to wear make us wear slave muzzles. And, Who's they? And, uh, you know, them. The, the cabal. Yeah, sure. The, the cabal Deep that's state. controlling all of them. Yeah. Both sides are the same. And. 
And uh, and that's and, and that's some of that stuff that you were talking about earlier going awry, going that, uh, real uh, awry. Yeah. And and so these these people like people that like if you have a question, say you have like a pet ferret. Yeah. And you're like. I want to know more about ferrets. Oh, yeah. You could just email a ferret researcher. Sure. They'll be thrilled yeah. that you give a shit. <laughs> no one's ever cared before. They yeah, haven't yeah. they haven't gotten an email of anyone caring before. Yeah, yeah. And and so like there's no there's no secret thing. Like you can email sure. a scientist, they'll give you answers. Yeah, there's if, no there's no organization amongst these people. They would love yeah, for yeah. you to listen. Sure. They would love it. And and uh but suddenly someone would show up on a local news and they'd be getting death threats and everything and and uh, and the especially but, you know, within think, infectious but, disease yeah. is like uh, there's more females in, in infectious disease, so there'd be these fem- and then oh, so they'd yeah. get threats in the way that females. And this isn't like celebrities that were like getting political. These are just people that were like doing a two minute little explanatory thing on their local news station and like. But what do you think up. is the like? But what is the driving force of the people you know pushing back in those violent ways? I mean, are they you know is that an, it's obviously an organized mindset, but they're just making a decision about their particular belief system and how it uh, enforces what they're thinking because it doesn't seem like these are individuals with any sense of autonomy. They're, yeah. they're it's a groupthink environment, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. There's a lot of motivated reason. I, I started. I started going back through some of the. I really like learning about pandemics from stuff that was written before COVID, yeah. because it's like eerie to read. There's 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 books like a Pandemic Century. I think is the name of one that came sure. out in like 2019. They all knew it was going to happen, and it's so it crazy inevitable. to read it. And and but if you read the history of it, it started the the first witch trials started during a uh, during the. Uh, I think it's the Black Plague. Really, and it's because so it was both males and females. Were yeah. witches, which a witch was like being a doctor back then. Witchcraft was that was your doctor. That's yeah. who you would go to. Yeah. A lot of it was placebo stuff, I'm sure, but sure. they also probably picked up on a few things. Yeah, like get some rest, clean your wound, whatever. Yeah, and um, and then and then what happened was during a plague, uh, people look for correlation and causation. So. So this has happened many times since, including like AIDS and now, yeah. and now COVID, where people think, oh, it's the hospital. It's the people, it's the doctors doing it. So before before the Black Plague, there was nothing but witch, witches were like, there was just good magic. Yeah. And then during the plague, there was good and bad magic. Yeah. And how you determined if it was good or bad magic was whether the person got better or whether they died. If they died, it was because of bad magic. Yeah. If they lived, it was because of good magic. Right. And this is how like... Um, so it's just the way the brain, the human brain fucking functions in in yeah. a world that's kind of untethered. Yeah. Like, you know, it seems like in, in tribal communities that there was sort of more of a balance. There was probably a little bit of that stuff. No, there's so so there's there's like tribal communities that exist to like here's a great case study. It's the exact same thing. There's there's witchcraft that still exists in I'm gonna forget the region. It's it's um I think it's like this place in Africa. I talked yeah. to this guy. Anyhow, wherever it is, there is a waterborne virus yeah. that they sometimes get. Yeah, and they don't know anything about viruses, and and so they'll get this virus. And what's really interesting is there's something they're putting they're putting together some connection. Yeah. So when they get this virus, 
Their explanation for it is is that the ghost alligator came in through their sink yeah. and poisoned them. Right. And and so now they're sick and they got to call the witch doctor. Yeah. And the witch doctor comes in. Well, first off, if you got sick, it's because you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was like your karma yeah. or whatever. And so you need to like make some offering to the community, which also increases social support at the time when you need it yeah. most because you're like acting out in generosity. So there's all these like weird practices that kind of evolved over the time that have some usefulness yeah. that can be uh, that can run amok. But then, um, so so you do that, and then you you make this offering to the community, and then it's basically bed rest and like a couple sure. like magic potions, yeah. or whatever. But it's it's the same it's the same sort of thing where where they're close to picking up on it, yeah. And then someone someone gets sick, and it's like, well, as long as you behave in this perfect way, nothing bad will happen to you. So when a bad thing happens to someone. They did something wrong. Right. And then there's also just like, there's also the convenience issue of like anything with like, say, um, lab leak ideas or or anything like that is is just like, and and it could very well be a lab leak. It's definitely probably not. But but those ideas are really, there's a lot of motivation behind them because you would think the people that are forwarding these ideas would be like, oh my God, this is like Chernobyl. There's a lab leak. How do we make things safer? Biohazard suits. Instead, it's like, no, this is, we don't need to do anything. This is someone else's fault. Let's let's bomb China. Or bomb China or whatever else. So it's, and, and there's all these conflicting, like, they invented and created and leaked this also virus that's benign that we don't need to do anything about, but it's also the yeah. crazy, it's like yeah. none of it. So so at the end of the day, it's just like, do nothing, um, blame other people and anyone else that gets sick, that was their fault. They were like too uh, weak. Uh, weak or whatever, which is like, that's not... It, it, it's we're in a particular time where uh, where people are traveling around the globe. Viruses are suddenly for the first time in oh, Earth's yeah. history going across the globe. So there's invasive species like crazy. Yeah, it's mobile. Some, They're mobile. Some bat gets a white nose fungus that wipes out 99% of a population, which happened because a caver from Europe came and caved in New England. Yeah. And it wiped out an entire species, nearly went and stick. It wasn't because they weren't doing enough kettlebell squats. Yeah. Or they were like eating too much fast food. Yeah, it's because there was a novel pathogen that they had not yeah. evolved for. And yeah, it's just the situation uh, that we're so in. sad yeah. when the novel pathogens win. <laughs> they always will. I mean, we're all back so okay. Viruses. So uh, back to uh, you know the uh, you and your girlfriend and and you're going time you're travel. Gonna, you're gonna do the ketamine. You're gonna you're time traveling. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you so, get into any? Did you do any time traveling? Were you able to? So so then a week later after yeah. obsessing about time, I had another. So I kept on having these unfortunate coincidences happen. Sure, where I would like arrive at some idea that like confirmation bias would allow me to connecting like, the dots. I think it's called uh, yeah, in the psychedelic community. Exactly. Connect, I was connecting a lot of dots. Yeah, it, it's given me some sympathy for like how those processes happen because I've experienced them on such, such sure. an exaggerated level. But it's made me frustrated at the same time. Because I'm like, no, no, we gotta, we gotta nip these thoughts in the butt. <laughs> like, yeah. I know exactly how far they can go and how wrong they can go. So a week later, I was going to um, Roger Waters. This is in 2017. Sure. And I, 
I so I was already manic and yeah. talking about time travel, but I already had like plans with my friends and. So I'm what is the Milwaukee. fundamental difference between bipolar one and bipolar two in relation to mania? Um, so mania is is much more. Um, everything becomes like either you are controlling the entire world or okay, universe yeah. or it's controlling you and that's different way. than hypomania which is fleeting. hypomania is just like getting Juice. inspired yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like okay. hypomania is the dream okay, like if you could it. just stay hypomanic forever yeah, right. like it would be amazing but mania is a total shift in perception total shift a real real delusion yeah okay um full so that's where you're delusion. at and and like there's no way out you can't kill yourself mark because i could i could jump off a building and fly but, but like no but like it would just if i land then I'd realize my consciousness had just been in the sidewalk the whole time waiting for my head to crash into it. And now I'm, now I'm just a sidewalk. There's no escape from sure. this thing. That's what it feels. It feels like a well, whole that, that, CGI that, that uh, world. That it's suicide proof. That's good. <laughs> yeah. There's the so plus. Reality becomes this manipulate, uh, uh, manipulatable CGI world yeah. and everything, uh, you know, I drive by a, everything's self-referential. I yeah. drive by a sign that said like road work ahead or whatever. Yeah. And I, I get a text from an agent that'd be like, hey, have some new road work for you. Like, whoa. Got to read the signs, it's, man. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I, I love sharing these things because I know a lot of people. I get messages from people that have. They're like, I understand now. What, like, I had, but I had a similar thing with cocaine psychosis. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you get to a, a delusional point. You're hearing voices. Yeah. You think it's all about you. You're seeing things that no one else can see. Exactly. And uh, you know, you you've got the big wisdom. It, it, it's there's something really. So there's this there's this idea in the psychedelic. Um, uh, research that's psychedelic research is shaky because of the regulatory system. It hasn't. There's not. It's not very robust. But um, there's this idea of of <laughs> inhibiting the default mode network. You do mushrooms, and normally my conscious perception is feeding me priorities. So me talking to you yeah. right now is more important than what's like details on on your carpet or yeah. something like that. Sure. You shut that down and everything is the exact same priority. And so and oh, everything's like the exact yeah. same and just as meaningful. Yeah. And so now you're like, whoa, how did I walk past that carpet? Yeah. Like, the how did I not see that detail yeah. before? And now the novelty of perceiving that for the first time. Yeah. Your brain then latches onto that and makes that must be the important thing. That detail in the carpet <laughs> yeah. is the where tapestry. the message. The tapestry. And no one will universe. listen to you. Don't you look at the tapestry? <laughs> yeah. and, and people won't believe you. Mm. Of course, they don't see it. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so, wild. So, so th what's the next step? So the next step is is so a week later. So I'm going to Roger Waters, and that day I come up with this idea of like. Well, how would I test these ideas? Say I was going into the time travel idea. This this uh, DMT state. I would tell the entities that like, hey, <laughs> when I come out of here, hand me uh, have have someone in the lab hand me a Manila envelope that has something in it that is meaningful to me that I. I'm not saying it like I'm only telling you this. And then I thought about it for a while. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going crazy, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's a dumb idea. I had a lot of wild ideas, yeah. like a million a second. And, and these then, are you're talking to the elves? The, the... This, this is my girlfriend that I'm talking to. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, adorable little elf. 
And so then we go to Roger Waters, yeah. and I, I was I got free tickets because I know the guy that flies the inflatable pig for yeah. <laughs> Roger Waters, and so and so it's also like that doesn't help to have like special things happening to you yeah, and sure. have like special connections when you're already like, am I being like let along on this path by this thing, you know? And so I go in. This, How do I know <laughs> the guy who's in charge of the pig? <laughs> How is that real? That yeah. can't happen. Yeah. And so, I, so I go in this like VIP area or whatever before the show, and the guy comes in. And he looks at my ticket, and he's like, "Hey, how are you?" And he looks at my tickets, and he gets like this weird look on his face, and he looks at me, and he looks down, and then, and he's like, "I'll be right back." And he goes back, and yeah. he like gets this new set of tickets, and then he comes back with this Manila. Am- oh, that's what I told her. I was like. I, I was like, that's a stupid idea. If time travel were true, why wouldn't it just happen to me today? Why yeah. wouldn't someone hand me an envelope today? Yeah. And I'm there, and then he comes back, and he has this fucking envelope oh, no. for me. And, now and I open it up, and it's a signed, like, a headshot from Roger Waters, who's like one of my favorite, you yeah. know, Pink Floyd's my favorite yeah. band of all time. Sure. And I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening and, right Yeah, now? what'd you make of that? And I had to sit down. And then I'd like tried to explain to my friends who were with me because I had like I knew enough at this point to like, you know, keep a lid on the time travel stuff. Yeah. You know, you've told your girlfriend that hasn't had the best response. Sure. It seems like this is like maybe socially inappropriate. But this time travel would be like, you know, it's it's just hours. What's that? It's not like big time travel. You're not, you know, you're just you're you're like it's it's like the different it's like when you have a dream state. And and it foreshadows something in your day. Yeah, yeah. So it, the time travel you're talking about, it's not like I'm going 20 years ahead. You're like, this may happen tomorrow. Well, th- this was my logic was the reason why I was handed this envelope was because months from now I will go into this DMT oh, okay. state and then in this thing, and then I will tell these entities to go back to that day. To hand me the envelope. this envelope, and that's oh, why so you're I'm oper- it. you're playing like you know no. the five dimensional chess thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many dimensional chess when you because get look, there stick. is sort of like you know everyone sort of had that weird moment where something in a dream state is prescient. You know yeah. where where you know like you dream about somebody, then like you see them. Uh, uh, yeah. But again, that could be confirmation bias, right? It's not only that, but well, one the the kind of normal expl- explanation for that is like uh, you think about a lot of people in a given day, and yeah. it just doesn't stick with sure, you they, until they call, and then you go, oh, "I was just thinking about it." Well, you were just thinking about a hundred different people. Yeah, that's right, or even less. So you know the the. The the kind of uh, the buffet of your personal reality is much smaller than you think. So the possibility of of coincidence is higher be, on a on a on a you know a, a proportional level. And and like a more far out there, but like perfectly in my uh, mind, yeah. uh, reasoning is is like you and I each have a mental representation of each other. Like I think about you once in a while. I, sure. pop, I spring into your. And it's probably like about the same amount of, you know, like 
once every six months, once yeah. a year or something like that. You go, oh, I wonder how Mark's doing yeah. right now. And so there, there's probably some sort of calculation going on in the subconscious yeah. that's like, I have this kind of relationship with this person yeah. and I haven't checked in with them right. in this amount sure. of time yeah. and it kind of pings you. Yeah. And so the idea that like our subconscious would ping each other like yeah. around-ish the same time, yeah. like that doesn't seem that far-fetched to me. That... I guess so, but the, but the subconscious is, they're not connected. No, no, it's they're not a, connected. There, there's just, just a timing to it. Yeah, there's just a timing to it. So, so when do you lose your mind totally? And then I saw the, the show, oh, the, saw the envelope start, and then the show started, and I swear, like, it starts with basically, like, my Here We Are podcast logo, essentially, and I'm like, what's happening? And then I had this whole thing about time flipping around through space in this Fibonacci thing. Like, I'm drawing all of these symbols and stuff and, like, making my girlfriend watch these oh, things. Oh, no, you and, got symbols going? And then, and then I got symbols going, and then the show starts, and Roger Waters goes into the show Time, and yeah. it's this clock flipping around sure. and through this Fibonacci's viral. I'm like, God damn, I was just showing you like a picture like this, like yeah. three days ago. And you said what, that to her? What's ha- yeah, yeah. I'm like, what's happening right now? And my mind broke. Like it completely broke. Like At I the thought, show? Yeah. Like I, I was <laughs> Oh no. I mean, I didn't do anything. Right. I just like lost orientation with reality completely. Like oh. I, I thought like at first, I was like, what's happening right now? Why am I? Because I was also in Roger Waters, like, friends and family section. Yeah. And and so he would come over, like, probably to, like, you know, give his friends a nod. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be, like, it's nodding, you, like, in yeah. my dress. Yeah. like, why? It's me. Why? Sure. <laughs> it's, it's... What, is, what, what does Roger Waters want from me? <laughs> He's giving me envelopes. Yeah. He's giving me yeah. nods. Dude. Man, I wish I knew. I got to talk to that guy. <laughs> It's all like, am I me? Am I him? Is he yeah. me? Oh, wow. Yeah. And he had like a, a real anti-Trump heavy sure. thing yeah. at that time. And so I'm like, oh, is this commentary? Am I Trump? Is it like, like things started going, like things completely dissolved. At so that you weren't point, egoless. Your ego shattered. It, it, it was, it was completely. Expanded. There was no separation between me and everything else. And uh. there's no like. If something happened, like if I happen to know, well, when I see that like squirrel run across the yeah. street and like I just moved my arm and also that cloud took a particular oh, shape, man. like all of those things are connected and connected. To, either I did that with my arm or the cloud did it and moved my arm, yeah. but like they're yeah. not either, separate events. Yeah, right. Either I'm in power or I'm I'm interpreting something. Yeah, either like I'm pulling I'm, the strings or the strings I'm, are pulling me. Yeah, but that one's harder because it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. At least if you think you're a superpower or a superhero, <laughs> then it's like, watch me do this. But you can't challenge yourself to do this because you won't be able to do it. So you're stuck in between this idea of like, I'm being moved by like, what does that mean? And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did I just do that? But did you ever think to try to move things with your? I've tried. <laughs> I've tried a few things, Mark. <laughs> how'd that how'd that pan out? Oh boy, yeah, yeah. not <laughs> not great, <laughs> not great, not good. Not, not, I mean, I could share it with you like the craziest thing what? that I've ever done in that vein. It wasn't kind of so. I, I've had like a couple borderline big manic episodes since that time yeah. like not connected to psychedelics and um and my last big one yeah. 
was um was May of uh of of twenty twenty. Yeah. COVID had happened. I'm like, you know, wiped out and you like, felt I, they come on. I I lose as as soon as as soon as soon as COVID happened, I became hypomanic and yeah. I was instead of like two weeks, it was like two months. Yeah. And I'm like. You know, I'm trying to like connect virologists I know with like different influencers and stuff, and like you know, frantically yeah. trying to like do whatever I can. Yeah. Like, and um, and and it was like it was actually kind of an exciting two months, even though I was losing everything. Um, and then I I had this I had had this idea in 2017. Yeah. This is another one of those awful yeah. coincidences. That happened. That triggered me. So in two thousand, this time travel idea, yeah. and it's coming from our subconscious. I had this idea that Christopher Nolan sure. was communicating these the ideas through his movies. Yeah, and I was like, to a couple of my friends, I'm like, you'll see, his next movie is going to be about things being sent back through time to influence things, and blah blah blah. Yeah. Years later, it's May 2020. I'm in this fragile state. I'm hypomanic. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Christopher Nolan has a new movie. I play the play the preview, and it's the movie Tenet, yeah. <laughs> which is like about t- reverse entropy. Yeah. And, so, and like it it started, then I started experiencing all these synchronicities yeah. again. I was like, yeah. no, this isn't real. I'm trying to talk myself out you of it. Re- you got to reel it in, yeah. And then, and then I turned 40 on May 25th, living in my parents' basement, really right, having lost everything. And that was the same day George Floyd died. And then, and this is in Wisconsin. And then, um, and then the protests happened in Minneapolis, yeah. which was the closest big city to where I, where I was. Yeah. And I woke up one morning and I was like, this isn't, none of this is real. This is none of it. Yeah. And it's all a dream. Like I just, I just could not tell the difference. Right. Like whatever tells you when you're not dreaming, it wasn't there. Uh. And I decided that the simulation was just like doing these things to like scare me, to keep me invested in this game. Yeah. You know? And yeah. actually these fears weren't real and I needed to confront these fears. And that ended, Mark, with me naked confronting police officers oh, come on. And, and and explaining to them that yeah. they weren't real and my idea yeah to prove it to yeah them uh, yeah was that i told them that i was going to like this was a cgi world and i could manipulate it sure. in any way that i wanted yeah. and i told them that i was going to pick one of them and i was going to jump up their urethra like ant-man and make them explode because i had this idea that if you could like implant an insane enough idea in someone else's yeah. mind like it would, it would work it would happen like, yeah effect and it didn't work mark <laughs> I, I i think i even like closed my eyes and tried to summon it oh no it was like if neil was a comedian or something yeah. that told too many dick jokes yeah and i guess there's a i guess there's a thing Did they arrest you they took me to a psych ward again and this is the second time this is the second time yeah so the and, first time when after the roger waters concert mm-hmm. how how soon after that did you end up in the psych ward there was a couple trips to the hospital that they would like sedate me. Yeah. And then I'd get rest for the first time in like a very long time. Yeah. Full hypomania is like shaving a couple hours off of what you need in yeah. sleep. 
full-blown mania is like i was sleeping one to two hours a day for uh, weeks yeah. uh, on end and um and then see so it's sweep deprivation so, they, so, so then kind of psychotic yeah so then they they'd sedate me i i would get a good night's sleep yeah. and then i'd wake up and i'd be like you know thanks uh, i'm thanks for helping out i'm good uh, i'm good and then i'd leave <laughs> and then i'd ramp back up again and that happened three times before i finally went to a how long were you in the psych ward seven days and they you know they put me on some uh and it was the craziest thing too because this is like when you're in a psych ward and you're a manic person and i'm like this is real guys i have i have a deal with universal studios yeah. <laughs> was, i actually did and i had a meeting in like a in the week psych and a half oh. no that i had to get to and i'm like guys you have to let me out of here i have a tv show that i'm gonna be the host <laughs> Yeah. Where Universal Studios were shooting this whole pilot yeah. and, and everything, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> but you, but you actually did. I really, I really did. Yeah, and and that that time they put me on uh, something called a lorazepine. Uh, I'm probably not pronouncing that right. And that it put the fire out. Like yeah. the meds actually worked. And did you then, make the meeting? Um, the meeting yeah for universal oh yeah yeah i did i was still manic though for like weeks afterwards yeah. and uh i wasn't my best self for sure did you get the deal no but that's a whole other dis that, that was a it, it was hosting a show about um how psychedelics have influenced people's lives yeah and at the time in 2017 this is like very controversial still mm. like you'd get i we, we they'd present it to like showtime yeah. and they'd be like oh yeah sex drugs and rock and roll that's what we want and then you'd hear like a story of people using mushrooms to like get better at meditating or whatever They're like well we can't tell people to do these things sure like they want like narcos where like yeah 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 the Crazy. disclaimer is built yeah. into it right. like you know hey if someone starts a meth lab that's not on us for making Breaking Bad like, right we didn't tell people sure. to start a meth lab it's a little bit of a different thing if you tell people that they uh, that they should do mushrooms and then they end up trying to jump up pee holes yeah that was so that so that was those were the two times you were put in the hospital those were the two times and the second time i didn't take meds and i just um i just accepted what was happening and then i just watched all of the other crazy people and i just watched all of the errors that they were making oh, you were learning there. like like i knew like i know cognitive biases really well it's one of my favorite topics and so i was like really i was like it was very easy you were for me everybody? to see what's wrong with them. No, well, I wasn't. I wasn't intervening. I was just no, like but an I mean, anthropologist. Sure. I was like, oh, here's how they're making this mistake. I'm like understanding how perception would get there. Yeah. And then I remembered this, this objectivity bias is called, which is that it's easier to. It, it, we we all think of ourselves as more unbiased and more objective in our thinking than others. It's easier to see errors in thinking in other people than mm. yourself. And I remembered that, and I was like. Oh, this is this is what I'm doing. I'm doing. Right. I just needed to see someone else. I needed to see someone else naked and threatening to jump up a pee hole before I recognized what was wrong with it. <laughs> like we can't both have this power. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna like? So tell me, like, let's kind of focus on what's the big plan for this show? How is it gonna work? What is this place? So this is really interesting because I almost got a, I almost got completely away from the psychedelic space. Not not only did I have those episodes yeah. myself, but then during during the pandemic, I I found many of the people in the community to be 
grifters and like conspiracy sure, theorists and it was yeah. like it was like so discouraging and disheartening yeah. and i just didn't want to be a part of that com- i love talking with scientists i, yeah. I love hearing about bugs and right. shit that's yeah. what i'm interested in yeah and psychedelics have been like a fun way to lure people into hearing about perception and sure. consciousness and so yeah. and so um i was asked to MC this the psychedelic conference at this place area 15 and i'm like sure it was the first gig that i took back i was like yeah i'll MC this conference and i see the space it's like a four wall the vegas they, space where they do like the the da vinci or not da vinci um the van gogh the van, the van gogh exhibit yeah. things okay. i'm like this place could benefit from uh emergent emergent psychedelic comedy show yeah. and like i'm the only one that i know that would be able to put that all together that's the and omega so, sp- the the what's well, it called? omega mart is the main thing within area 15 what's the show uh, in terms of you so it's my stand-up okay. with a VJ that will be adding um, uh, that will be adding visual. So, like, if I'm talking about mushrooms, it will have a aesthetic background yeah. that will be a little more mushroomy. If okay. I'm talking about LSD, it will have like a more of an LSD vibe huh. to it. Or same with ketamine. And then I have some animators yeah. that are making particular things. Yeah. So there's like this Comedy Central Tales from the Trip. It's animated psychedelic yeah. stories. Sure. And the creator of that show is making is adding a ton of animation. Is that some, is the, that the one that did the uh, the CB? Yeah, you yeah. saw that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. See, what's that drug called? Two uh, CB. Two CB. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so then, then there's a bunch of animation looped in. So it's on loops so that it doesn't need to be perfectly timed. Right. So, so I'm not going to be a robot up there. So I'll be able to improvise and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and they'll be able to improvise visually along with. Are people them. like? But they, I mean, it's a weird space to hold in that. You know, a lot of people that want to engage in that type of material just want to trip balls. And now I they got to listen to you talk. I hope that no <laughs> one's tripping at my show. Actually, yeah. I, I'm, what I would, I mean, the the way that I've kind of designed the show philosophically is that you know going to Area 15 and Omega Mart is kind of metaphorically a trip within sure. itself. And my show is more of the integration, the come down afterwards, where you're talking about like the meaning of life and you know these bigger ideas yeah. that are inspired by the psychedelic space. And so that's what. I, yeah, I don't recommend tripping at my show at all. Like, why? I mean, people do it and I've heard good things, but at the same time, like, why? It's not how I would, like, if I'm tripping and if I'm going to be indoors, I want to watch like David Attenborough documentaries or something oh, like yeah. that and yeah. learn about nature. I don't sure. want to hear a person talk for 90 minutes about um, themselves about about themselves <laughs> but it's it's good for it's meant to be like integrating past experiences or for people that are and, and to like inspire better ones moving forward cool. in the future and and also just kind of what you can learn from the psychedelic experiences to hopefully make life a little bit better just the same things like set and setting and setting intentions and stuff like those are all things that you can apply to anything yeah in life that's useful so yeah that's what the show is about and it's gonna you're gonna do it start in april april 23rd sunday's april 23rd um they're doing we have six shows booked and as long as the first two sell like yeah. reasonably well at all they're just going to keep on extending it oh so, cool and you're just trying to figure out where you want to live trying to figure out where so one i need to make sure that's going to be extended yeah and then uh, there's... you don't want to be stuck in vegas you might as well start here no yeah i i think it's such a short drive i have so many friends here but there's also i i had started doing we have like, water again here 
I you know, celebrate the water for a couple of years. But it's so expensive. Oh yeah. And I mean, I don't like Vegas necessarily, but it's cheaper. And there's also a lot of, uh, I had started getting a lot of corporate, like, you know, doing science-y shows yeah. um, for private events for people. Sure. And Vegas is like the conference capital oh, of the yeah. world. So there, right. there's some potential there for me sure. that I'm exploring. So yeah. I'm feeling that out. So I have a, I have an Airbnb for the first 40 days that I'm there. And then I'm and you'll making feel, a decision after that. Yeah. Cool, man. So what's the website? Shane Moss? Shane Moss, M-A-U-S-S dot com. Good and seeing I swear you, again. I'm like... What? I'm only crazy in moments. Yeah. That's the thing Comes about being bipolar. It's yeah, like but, you're normal all of the rest of the but time. But you don't want to medicate in the traditional way? I mean, I'll tell you, I don't. I have an aversion to mushrooms now because they can lead to mania. I pretty much only do ketamine right now because that doesn't. Well, what about like, manic you know, episodes. lithium? But like lithium? No. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, you it, it's, you it, like it too much. It, it's, it's, it's. I'm just a cliche. People, people that are like, um, a lot of people with personality disorders, um, like borderline personality disorder, when they find out that diagnosis, often they are receptive to like taking medication and getting sure. treatment for it. Bipolar people are famously resistant. No, I know. To... I grew up with my my dad was bipolar, and oh. yeah, yeah, you'll do anything but. Yeah, yeah, take but the take medicine. lithium. Yeah, well, I'm sorry if I'm triggering. Right. I'm sure. Oh, no, no. I'm sure it seems yeah, yeah. like I, I'm sure anyone listening and I get it. Dude. It would be I, like, I, I hey, why would you? Why would you allow yourself to ever get to a state like that? Or, again? or no, I, like, why would you want to ruin that party? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> standing in front of cops naked. Come on. Yeah, who knows what the next exactly. event is going to be? Good seeing you again, man. Good seeing you. Thanks for having me. Okay, there you go. That was a good story. Uh, you can go to Area15, that's Area15.com, or ShaneMoss.com, S-H-A-N-E-M-A-U-S-S.com, for tickets to his Las Vegas show, A Better Trip. Also get his show, the podcast. Here we are, wherever you get the podcasts, and watch it on YouTube. And now, can you hang out for a minute? Okay. All right, so look. Brendan and I have been doing this for a long time and Brendan and I talk sometimes before the interviews, sometimes after the interviews, we usually have sort of a breakdown of things, like especially if I was nervous or I was, um, uh, excited, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll talk after the interview so I could tell him my thoughts on what happened and what he, he should look for from my point of view, which moments moved me. He's usually very uh, in tune with that, but you know, sometimes we do a kind of, um, you know, post-show, uh, breakdown on the phone, but this time we did it for you this week on the full Marin. We recorded uh, one of those kind of sessions, uh, post-interview sessions that, uh, that we did after I talked to ice cube, I opened the door and there's ice cube. And you know, there's, there's just like, there's you know, people who come over, like I, I can kind of sense like, well, I can, you know, kind of engage with this person pretty quickly. Like I can charm the moment, you know, disarm mm -hmm. it pretty, pretty quickly. And, and usually it happens kind of immediately, but I open the door and like what I realized right away was like, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> oh, what you mean? Yeah. Ice Cube won't find your uh, your cats charming, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my house, buddy. To hear that behind the scenes stuff before the Ice Cube interview airs next week, sign up for the full Marin. Go to the link in the episode description, or go to wtfpod.com and click on WTF Plus. Uh, next week it's uh, Rachel Vice on Monday, and then Ice Cube on Thursday. All right, I'm gonna play the guitar now. Lives monkey and Lafonda, cat angels everywhere. 